them anymore. Uh, All right, I think we've run that joke into the ground. It's scheduling. Uh, we had some scheduling difficulties. Guys, if you're ever thinking about making a podcast, I think the solo pod is the way to go because it's so hard to coordinate schedules with two other people, three people especially. And um, so we couldn't get Harry on, uh, you know, when we're recording this. So this is going to be me and Jess on here, uh, more so like a throwback podcast, which kind of makes sense because this is our deep dive into Spider-Man, kind of like our old podcast used to be. And um, but what we are going to do, because that bless his little heart. Harry's been so excited for this movie to come. And um, he's also been excited for the podcast. He was telling you that I got some shit to say, right? Oh yes, he he's amped. He he watched all the Spider-Man movies for this. Yeah, he saw all of them, and then he actually went to the theaters and watched uh, No Way Home before me and you. So, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so what we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna tack on um, towards the end uh, of this pod. So me and Jess are gonna go through, break it down, give our review, our takes, and stuff, and we're gonna have Harry on for a little uh, segment at the end just to give his thoughts because uh, we definitely want to include him on that just because he's been so excited. You saw this um, a day before I did. Let's 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 talk about that first. Um, you saw it Sunday, right? Sunday night, Sunday evening. Yeah. How was the theater? Was it packed? My family had just flown in and, you know, uh, it was last minute. And then I was like, there's no way we're going to get tickets. But I looked and we had to go. We sat on like the left side. We were fortunately able to find like seven. There were seven of us, eight of us, I think, um, total with the kids. But we were able to get like the left side of the theater all packed in because it was a full show. This was a full show on a Sunday. And I looked this up. This is the first movie in the COVID era to make what it made. I think Sony and Marvel's expectations were probably like... They said it went over a hundred million mm-hmm. for what their expectations were. Yeah, so it's domestic opening, 260 million. When I saw the reports for this and they said that this is the third biggest opening, I thought it was like, oh, third biggest opening of like covid era no this is of all time is it the third or the second i think it's the second second biggest domestic opening of all time and that's saying something folks because since covid like all of the because it remember before a couple years ago any pretty much any mcu movie that came out made at least a billion and since the covid era has began no movies made a billion dollars and this one just it's going to make a billion, right? The biggest thing I was saying with the billion dollars, right, is um, I'm going to throw some numbers at you guys. Sorry, I'm going to sound a little congested, guys, on this one. Um, for, so Variety, I think, posted some numbers, which I wanted to share with you guys about the box office. This is um, COVID or not. I believe this is uh, it's at records, even minus COVID, like um, for its opening opening. I think it's the second biggest opening of all time. Yep. That's what I was going to get at. I think I'm going to give you guys the... It opened to $216 million. That's the second biggest box office debut in history. Is that not insane? Yeah, especially with all things considered. With theaters still aren't really, you know, back to where they used to be before. And I think people, the only people are like, ahead of it you is... You know what? If we're going to get COVID, we're going to get it watching Spider-Man. <laughs> and I respect that. Speaking of, yeah, and, um, and I think the only movie ahead of it is Endgame, which is crazy to think, you know. So go ahead. Do you have the international numbers as well or the total box office so far? 
this is the third largest global debut ever. So um, I think with final tallies, they reached about 600 million worldwide. Um, that's the third biggest debut of all time. Avengers Endgame, I think, reached 1.2 billion. And Avengers Infinity War reached 640 million. So this is almost on Infinity War levels. That's kind of insane, right? Yeah, because this is still a standalone, you know, because those are team-ups. And Mm -hmm. Infinity War set it up and ended on a cliffhanger. So Endgame, you knew, you know, it was going to be the finality of, like, accumulation of the 10 years leading up to it. But this is a standalone, like, you know. It's 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 already at six hundred and thirty eight million, like you said, worldwide. So I think it's a like far gone conclusion that this is going to be a billion dollar movie, and I think it's going to be our first billion dollar movie in the COVID era, and because it, it's at six hundred thirty million, even if it has a fifty percent box office drop off in the next week, uh, that's typically what we see. Is after the opening, movies tend to have like a fifty-ish uh, box office drop off. Eternals had like a seventy percent drop off, but even if it has a fifty percent drop off, we're gonna we're looking at around nine hundred million at, at the end of week two. So. Just some, just some other few things. Um, this is the second highest opening day ever. It ranked in 121 million on Friday, which is the second largest single day earner behind, guess what? Avengers Endgame, which ranked in 157 on its second day. That's insane. This is the biggest December debut um, in... It- since 2015 it, 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 Star Wars. The okay, that's Awakens. what I was going to say. So it, it, it beat The Force Awakens? Uh-huh. Wow. Because that was like 240 or 230, I think. I don't think it beat The Force. I think... Um, no, it did. It made 600 a million globally, while 2015 Star Wars The Force Awakens made 529. So yeah, there we go. It beat The Force Awakens. Take that, Ryan Johnson. No, no. he That was J.J. Abrams. <laughs> oh, that was J.J. Abrams? I hate both of you equally. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, sorry. I'm kidding. I'm and kidding. I think I hate Ryan Johnson more. I think the biggest thing we see with movies like this, Jess, I think it's going to have legs, eight legs maybe, but pun intended, it's going to have legs just because not only is this just like, hey, it's a big superhero blockbuster movie, everybody's going to rush out to go see it, but it's a really good movie and. Because right now on Flickster, it's sitting at 94% critic rating, 94%, 99% audience rating. This is, that's, it's a double 90, as I like to call it. And those movies are pretty rare. And that's a testament to like how good this movie is. We're going to get into it. But, you know, this is the type of movie that I think people are going to go see in theaters a couple times. Like, I think we were talking about it. Like, are you planning on seeing it again? Yeah, I didn't. And my wife wanted to see this, and we didn't go. the The biggest thing, um, she she really, my daughter's really into Spider Man too, so she wants to see this. Um, so I'm gonna go again with her. We're gonna go watch it. I, I can watch this like maybe three, four, five times. I don't. This movie, I laughed, I cried, I beat up the person next to me. You know, for no reason. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It, it was emotional. It got me emotional. The movie was the movie was so good. I, um, it had a bit of everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think when the my favorite part was, I think, and I think this was Harry's favorite part too, was when they came in when when he when Ned did the sling ring. Ned's a wizard now, by the way, um, and he brought in Andrew Garfield, 
my least favorite Spider-Man. And then he brought in Toby, you know, that I think that was, what did you think of that interaction? The initial one? I thought that was like an end game level, like moment where remember an end game where like all of them come back and they're all there. I thought, just because of the probability of this, just like, like, let's go back like six, seven years when like Spider-Man's not even in the MCU. So we used to think about like, oh man, one day maybe, you know, like we, it was even hard to imagine to just to have Spider-Man in the MCU. We have Spider-Man in the MCU. And then if somebody were to tell you that, Hey, one day they're going to do like Toby's going to come back and Andrew Garfield's going to come back and they're going to be in a Spider-Man movie you know, in the MCU, he'd be like, get the fuck out of here and don't fucking talk to me. And, you know, like, but just to see that moment, it was, it was awesome, man. Cause you know, being a kid that grew up in the early two thousands, like, yeah, we're nineties kids. We were born in the nineties and stuff, but like, you know, we really were raised in the two thousands and I was too young, um, for, you know, uh, Tim Burton's Batman movie. And, definitely too young for the Richard Donner Superman movies. So for me, like my first kind of exposure to superhero movies was X-Men, the originals that came out in like 2000 and Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man movies, which came out in 2002. So Spider-Man one, two, and three, that's my childhood. And the nostalgia, you know, effect of that, just seeing Tobey Maguire again was amazing. And I haven't gone back and watched those movies in a long time. Um, I'm sure if I went back now, they're older movies. But for the time, and I think Spider-Man 2 still would hold up because that's one of the best superhero movies. And just to see Tobey Maguire again, and especially in the MCU. And Andrew Garfield as well. Um, you know, his movies came out much later. I think, you know, we were adults and stuff already then but it wasn't kind of fair to him like the amazing spider-man one was okay and i never saw amazing spider-man 2 just because i heard so much shit about it which is unfair i think i should you know watch it at least but i always thought that andrew was a good spider-man like didn't you did you did, did you you said he was your least favorite did you not like him no, I say that like jokingly, but yeah, out of the out of all three of them, I felt like he was probably my. Um, I think I was a Toby Homer, and still am. And then I really do feel like Tom Holland. If I'm gonna rank them, it's probably Toby, Tom Holland, and then um, Andrew Garfield Spider Man. Yeah, for me. I I would agree with that as well. And I think you know after seeing both of them and you know comparatively, I it kind of made me appreciate Tom Holland Spider Man more. Because I think, you know, Toby was that awkward guy. And then yeah. Andrew, I think, might knock against him. He was a little too cool to be Peter Parker, you know? like. And I think Tom Holland kind of embodies it kind of perfectly. He's like in the middle of the two. And yeah, so that so the, you know, like our movie reviews tend to be. We're going to be a little all over the place. So And obviously, this was the worst kept secret in Hollywood that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire were going to be returning here. It got leaked a long time ago. And then unfortunately, like a few weeks before the release of the movie, actual like images of them got released. Like I remember as John Campia put it on Twitter and I hate leaks. It's like, dude, like the studio doesn't have to withhold this information. Like Marvel, like even the way that they mislead in their trailers and stuff, like they don't, they're not doing that to be dicks. They're doing that. So when you, 
experience. Like it's supposed to be like a surprise and oh my God, like, you know, so that's why they do it. But I think like a few weeks before the movie released that uh, the image of them, like, I think, you know, when Dr. Strange comes back and they're like, Oh, Hey, why weren't you helping us? So like the three of them in that image got released. And then also Matt Murdock, um, when they're sitting around at the dining table got released as well. But yeah, worst kept secret in Hollywood that Andrew Garfield and Toby Maguire so were going to be returning. On, this is more on Sony and Amy Pascal, you know, um, Feige and Marvel have been really good with their stuff. So I think Sony's kind of getting there, but they're kind of, Amy Pascal even said that they're, she pretty much spilled the beans that they're going to continue. So I think now Sony's going to take over with Marvel's help, but they're going to produce the next three. They're supposed to make three more, I guess. And, Tom Holland uh, Spider-Man movies? Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, I think that's why they're setting up their own little universe. That's why um, you saw um, Michael Keaton in the... Morbius, uh, Morbius trailer. trailer. Yeah. So I think they're going to kind of do their own little spin-offs. Uh, Sony's going to take over, I think, in conjunction with Marvel, but now it's going to be mostly Sony. So be, be prepared for more leaks because, you know, <laughs> Amy Pascal, she's just, I think, God bless her soul, she's just super excited. So she likes to, like, lay out the plans. So I think they're going to, this was, this was the, um, um, these three, this trilogy was Marvels, so I think the next trilogy is going to be all Sony with in conjunction with Marvel. So is he still going to be showing up in Avengers movies and stuff, or is it going to be? I believe he should be because she said they're going to still work together. It's just the next three Spider-Man movies are going to be all Sony. You're probably not going to see. You're going to see the same people, but um, I think it's going to be mostly. Sony kind of just doing their own thing. You're not probably going to see as many. You know how this was heavily influenced. You know, we had Stark and we had other stuff. I think we're finally just going to get Spider-Man in his own little universe. Which is good because I think that was some of the knocks against like Homecoming and Far From. Because Homecoming, there's like literally Tony... You know, he's not in it a lot, but he has a big, big influence in there. And then Far From Home is similar where Nick Fury... And, you know, in this one, we have Doctor Strange, but I am kind of excited to see just because it felt like we had Spider-Boy. Now it's cool. Like, we're going to get Spider-Man, you know, like he's kind of fully grown up. And I think that's what they kind of try to do at the end when he um, um, makes his own suit and he jumps out and all the Stark stuff's offline now. Because, you know, I, I thought that was really cool how they set that up. So that's kind of like them really just cutting ties where everything with Stark. And so he makes his own suit. It's not going to have Stark technology in it. Stark technology is offline. I think when he tries to look at it at one point, he tries to use it during the movie. And it says Stark, um, it says offline on the system, I believe. Which is good. Because the Iron Spider and stuff like that looks cool. But, you know, for Spider-Man, having like the traditional... And then at the end, he does have like... That's like the most accurate or comic-like suit, right? Yeah, it, it is. It's like a vintage throwback to... Um, I, I brushed up on like Spider-Man comics after this. By the way, if you like Spider-Man and you like comics, uh, Marvel has an app that you can download it has all the marvel comics on there i don't know why i'm plugging them in our podcast but there you go um, hey, there you go if you like reading um that's you know your thing but nerds the touching 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 back onto the the scene where ned the boy wizard brings in 
like you know they're like they they get the thing from dr strange and then he brings in and then like i saw it immediately like um with that it's like hey that's andrew uh you know by seeing him and that interaction and then toby coming in that interaction i thought initially was funny that ned's grandma or mom said the thing about the cogwebs but then she had a little bit too much dialogue like lady i'm seeing andrew garfield and P- and toby mcguire on the screen together i don't need you to have like full-on dialogue here Gugan just stood up in the movie and he was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, shut like I, I, I like leaned over to my wife and I was like, all right, she needs to stop talking. Like, this is like, I get it. Where she was like, oh, you're shooting webs around. You got to make sure to clean them up and blah, 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 blah. It's like, all right, that's enough out of you, lady. <laughs> no, I agree. I think um, uh, I, I kind of get what they were trying to do. They were kind of like trying to break it in, you know, that was a big moment to have all that happen and I think that was them trying to throw in some humor to kind of like break in the gravity of the moment because this is Ned and um, MJ seeing these two different Peter Parkers from other universes uh, parallel you know uh, whatever you want to call them parallel yeah. to multiverses they're so variants right they, after yeah. seeing the Loki uh-huh. series and stuff so these are Peter Parker variants it's just oh, yeah. we're using different terminologies. And then as you can see, there's more variants trying to break through. So at the end, at first I was confused. I was like, what, what's going on? You know, when Doctor Strange. Um, so basically, like I said, like I said, we're going to jump around all over the place. So what, what caused this was Peter initially, you know, was going through the stress and trauma of everybody knowing that he was Spider-Man. So he didn't want that anymore. He went to Strange and Strange is no longer the Sorcerer Supreme that's gone to Wong because he, you know, was blipped for five years. So Wong unwillingly or you can tell Wong doesn't like it, but he's got the character. And that's just, I mean, not the character. He's got the the position. Mantle. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why he's pissed, too, because he doesn't want it. But that's just, those are the rules. So um, Peter goes to see Stephen Strange and he, you know, he's tired of it. He's been living through it. He just, because he can see, he sees um, they've been rejected from MIT. All this stuff happened. And so he asks them to do a spell to make them forget, make everybody forget that he is Spider-Man. So in the middle of the spell, he keeps adding stuff to it. And that's kind of what causes all this to happen. And then... I think Steven does it, and I say this like I know this guy from a first name basis, but Dr. Strange does it because, you know, he's worked with, um, he's worked with Peter at this point. They, they went through everything they went through in the, uh, end game movies. So after it's all done, he realizes how naive he is. He goes, you haven't even called the colleges to try to get back in. Like you just came here and was like, Hey, let's do a spell to fix all this. And like, that this was one remember when i said marvel kind of misdirects us in the trailers this was a misdirect right here remember in the trailers we hear wong saying don't do that it's a dangerous spell and then i and then dr strange kind of winks and i remember me and you have a discussion then it's like if it's dangerous why the fuck's he doing it like that's kind of uncharacteristic of dr strange but in reality in the movie we hear that hey this spell actually isn't a big deal that they've used it like in in the past and Strange even says, like, hey, Wong, like, we've used it for less. Like, the kid's been through enough. Let's do him a solid. And, you know, Wong says, okay. Like, you know, and and so that's why they do it. But like you said, 
Peter being the angsty little guy he is fucks it up and then he contains it. And this is kind of where we have the movie taking off because after this is when we start to have the bad guys coming through. And um, like we tend to do. That's what it was at the end, too. That's kind of what I was trying to get at. Um, So when we see everybody coming through at the end, that's what I was kind of confused about. I was like, what the hell is going on? You know, the universe is split in tears. But that's everyone that's coming in is everybody who knows Peter Parker, I guess. So there are probably more variants and more villains and more from all these multiple – that's everybody that's breaking in. Because I, I was kind of confused about that. I was like, who's coming in? You know, when the universe is tearing, but I guess those, everybody that was like coming in and somebody said the watcher was in there at one point, like you can kind of see an outline of him. Yeah. The people coming in. So that's what was going on at the end. Um, when Dr. Strange is trying to fix that spell and he makes, so he tells Peter, everybody's going to forget him. I think that's another neat trick that they did on purpose so everybody in the mcu since spider-man and sony is going to take over technically all the characters in the mcu are going to forget peter parker exists neat so right they, they they still remember spider-man but they just don't know peter parker correct okay there is a bit of a confusing stuff in here dude and i think this is why i honestly do need to watch it again um just some of the explanations and the logic and stuff like it is a little confusing. And, um, I think, yeah, that is, that is a neat way to kind of have like a nice, you know, like tie all that stuff up where the Avengers don't know Peter Parker. Nobody remembers Peter Parker and it's tragic. It's sad, but you know, and, and, and he kind of addresses that at the end. He goes to the cafe where MJ's working, and he sees Ned. And I think he goes there to kind of tell them, or but then he sees how happy they are, and they've gotten into MIT. And you know, he realizes it's better off this way. And I thought that was kind of it's it's um, Tom Holland's a great. It's fucking bittersweet. Yeah, yeah, Tom Holland's a great fucking actor. He kills that scene. He has a lot of good scenes throughout the movie, but that scene in particular, like, you know, he's you like... You know, Tom Holland um, did ballet and is dyslexic. He had dyslexia. He was bullied. And um, this was while he was going up, and then he became the youngest actor um, to ever play a Marvel superhero. So good mm-hmm. for him. Good for him. And, yeah, so he, he, he realized at first... When he walks in and, you know, like MJ kind of like waves at Ned. I was like, oh, please don't tell me that they're in a relationship now. I know. That was my, I was like, are they dating now? Come on. Like, and then I'm glad it wasn't. I can stretch my beliefs very far, <laughs> but come on. And they weren't. And, and you know, he, he just realizes like, hey, look, both of them are going into MIT. And, you know, MJ has a Band-Aid on her forehead and he's like... Like, you know, it's it's not going to be safe, like telling them my identity and having them involved in my life. Like they're going to continue to get hurt. And this was a theme that we've seen throughout the whole trilogy with people finding out his identity. You know, in the past, we've heard friend of Spider-Man, FOS, friend of Spider-Man. I'm a friend of Spider-Man's. In this movie, we get to see the repercussions of what being a friend of Spider-Man actually means. That means that, Hey, you were associated with this person that that's why you're getting not accepted into these colleges. Your life is at risk. I think Um, William, William Defoe kind of, and damn, 
he was probably the best villain out of everybody if we're going to put it out there. Um, not only did he bring Green Goblin back, he brought his own character back of um, Osborn, and he kind of wrapped it up for him. He goes, wherever Spider-Man goes, death and despair follows, kind of. You know, he... he um, and damn... Uh- yeah, and so that's that's ultimately what he decides at the end, like, that these two, it's better that they don't know. You know, they'll have just, they'll have their regular lives, and they'll be safe. And, you know, it, it, the whole theme of this movie really is identity. And him, like Doctor Strange and people in the past have tried to tell him that, you're, hey, you're trying to live two different lives. And for him more so than any of the other Avengers and stuff like he, like the other Avengers don't really have secret identities and stuff like that. You know, they're all pretty known, but for him, you know, he did get these repercussions and you know, like now he's the most famous person in the world. Like the so, Avengers do not give a fuck. Like Tony Stark definitely just, he just went up there and he was like, I'm Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> he, he set the precedent with that, you know? And, um, so the whole J. Jonah Jameson thing. So, like, let's go into some of the questions that I have. And you tell me if you're able to answer them. And then we'll go into the characters and everything like that. And so, in the beginning, you know, it picks up right where Far From Home left off. Like, literally seconds after. So, his identity is known. And then, so, J. Jonah Jameson and everybody saying, like, you're a murderer. And they get picked up by these feds or whoever they are some other agency and they're interrogating him and stuff and then this is a you know we could talk real quick about the cameo but we have daredevil like matt murdoch charlie cox uh as matt murdoch is officially in the mcu now you know he was on the netflix shows and kevin feige even said that like hey you know he's our daredevil we're not we're not recasting or anything he's he's gonna stay on as daredevil and uh you know that was awesome to see he was he's in there for a real quick thing and like the way that he catches a brick and stuff like that i thought was awesome and he says, hey, Peter, none of these charges are going to stick. So my question is, so originally he was being like, what, trialed for Mysterio's murder and stuff? And he got cleared of that, right? Yeah. So, okay. you know, I, I think that's why it says none of these charges are going to stick is he goes, you're just going to have to face the public court of opinion. But um, it was kind of pretty much the technology and everything. They break it all down. So he wasn't going to be tried for the murder of Mysterio. Like, you kind of just explains that, that it was Stark Tech that killed him. And then they try to like that lawyer was a sneaky little bastard. He tries to um, or the interrogator. Interrogator. Yeah. I love the scene with Ned. Yeah, oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, he like gives up everything. I love MJ, man. MJ just kind of was like she's the smartest character out of all of them. Like she, she kind of just picked up on it real quick. And then you see Ned, who's naive, and he goes, "Yeah, I'm the guy in the chair." <laughs> He's he he like fucking sets him up for like oh so like after you found out after MJ, he's like what. MJ, I've known this whole time and just completely incriminates himself. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So then he gets cleared. So legally, he's all, you know, happy's place and stuff because, again, like the, the, the public is divided on him. And like, you know, Spy- uh, Peter Parker says, like, I'm the most famous person in the world now. And like, even going back to school, he's like the big celebrity. What did you think about that scene with his teachers? Uh, um with you know Hannibal Burris, I think is there, and he's just like, "Nah, you're a murderer." I thought that was hilarious. I I like how um they're treating him. The the principals kind of made like a little homage to like he's made like a whole little trophy case for him, and um 
man, I forget. I forget the actor. I think Jay name. Smooth is a yes, guy. Yes, yes. Oh, dude, he is the funniest. Uh, I don't remember, uh, like the way the, the way they have the turnaround from the other movies um, to how they were treating him in the first two to this is kind of just like they're like, yes, you know, you are a Spider Lord. Like, yeah, like they're call, they're saluting him. They're calling him sir. He's like, if you want to crawl around the walls or anything or on the ceiling, yeah, feel free. <laughs> good and um I yeah, like so, how Flash Thompson still does the dick yeah <laughs> like, just a douche <laughs> he's got the blonde highlights in this one I think people like were really um upset cause they had like a you know they had a different they Flash Thompson originally was like this big muscular jock and like how they kind of reinvented the character but I think he worked it worked out man I think MCU they they did everything like you learn in this one that MJ's last name is Watson this is Mary Jane Watson you know her name's Michelle Jones though right right sorry this is his MJ but Watson is like you know what I mean like mm-hmm. um, this is the MJ I think that was people were still some people online were like is she MJ is there going to be another MJ no this is his version of MJ and you saw Andrew talk about it he didn't have MJ his MJ was Gwen yeah you know? he says like you know Gwen was my MJ yeah and then I think Toby's actually married to MJ still um, he brings that up with Andrew when they're seen he goes you know don't worry don't give up um you know what would be crazy is if they continue all of them simultaneously. What if they made more Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films? More and so they made Spider-Man. like a Spider-Man four just to complete his story. Yeah, and yeah. you know because we have Doc Ock just as Otto Octavius now, and then you know um, Norman Osborn is cured, and um, you know I I don't know if they'll do a Toby one. But yeah. I think, like, I, I think Toby's story's concluded. Yeah, and then he seems happy. You know, he says he's he's good. I think this what it does do is it kind of opens the door for you know, and Amazing Spider-Man's been trending on Twitter since this movie came out. I think this kind of does open the door for Andrew Garfield, maybe possibly. Yeah. Which, you know, I and like we're all over the place. Um, I think this is going to keep. Um, this is cool because you know they don't want to make Tom Hardy a villain, so Tom Hardy went back. I think um, Tom Hardy's thing was when he found out about the universe's secrets and everything, that's when he came in. He didn't come in after the spell. He was already in. If you guys, um, if you if you pick it up in succession, when he comes into this universe, it's right after he shares um, all the facts. After Venom shares everything, all the secrets of the universe, he gets transported to this universe. And you can see the J.J. Jonasson um, broadcast about Spider-Man being a murderer and all that stuff. So a lot of people, I think, were kind of like, oh, he came in because of the spell. No, he came in previously to the spell. I think what happens to make him come in is um, Venom sharing his hive mind with him about all the secrets of the universe. And that makes that transports him here. But then when uh, Dr. Strange does a spell at the end, it sends him back to his own universe. So that's kind of neat. And then he leaves a particle of venom there. So that was that on. was that was my question. It's because if we're bringing in everybody that's coming in through here is that knows Peter Parker's identity. My question was like, well, Tom Hardy doesn't know Peter Parker's identity. Why is he coming in? No, I, I, he came in, I believe, because um, Venom decided to share 
all the secrets of the universe. And that are you out. are you kind of bummed out that we're not going to have Tom Hardy in the MCU? No, that's what it seems like. I think it works out because his, his character's an, he's an anti-hero. So if you made it, you can't make him the villain. You know, mm-hmm. um, it wouldn't have worked out because then like you, you've kind of seen they're doing their own thing with it, and like I said, he he's kind of like an anti-villain. So it wouldn't have made him. I mean, an anti-hero. So it wouldn't have made sense to have him the bad guy. They would have to change up his arc and everything and it would just not be like you you see tom hardy's been struggling with um not like you know with venom killing people and doing the right thing and everything so it wouldn't have made sense to have him be the villain to tom holland spider-man but they use this in a neat way to him where he leaves the venom particle there so now there's going to be a new venom you know who it's who, you know who it'll be it'll probably be um you know what would be crazy is if it if it's flash i hope not i really hope not either i kind of don't want to see more of his character like i think he's good <laughs> in what he does like i'm one of those people that you that, that's that's what it was in the con i i think no it was actually jj jonathan's son i think and it was also um this character in this in this universe that we don't have osborne right not yeah, that it was we actually know. Harry Osborn. What, what is what is Topher? What was Topher Grace's character name in Spider-Man Three? He was like the other reporter. Was he? Was it? Was he Eddie Brock? Yeah, he was. So that I think that, that was that universe is Eddie Brock. I yeah. Let's see. I hope it's not Flash Thompson. Like. Like, he's fine. He's that, like, kind of, like, douchey character. I don't want to see him as Venom, though. Like, yeah, um, yeah, he, he, he did play, um, so, uh, Topher, he did play Eddie Brock. That was him. So, there's been a lot of different people that shared the mantle for, mm-hmm. um, Venom, Topher, uh, Eddie Brock. It's been Harry Osborne, I think, um, J.J. Jonathan's son at one point. I think shared it too so we'll, we'll see where they go with it but they'll figure it out i think they'll do good it's just right now i think sony is going to be amy from what amy pascal's hinted at sony's kind of going to be in the driver's seat now with the next spider-man films so be which is good like you know where we leave off at the end with him living alone now and you know like again it's gonna be you know i was always kind of wondering because this was him in high school throughout you know he was just he was just a kid and now we're gonna see him like kind of grow into that mantle and it'll be nice to see him kind of on his own like he's had this leadership and guidance kind of going into it but now let's see you know what he's going to be doing himself and you know um let's talk let's talk about the characters and then we'll talk about some of the bigger moments in the movie so let's go let's go with the villains um i kind of touched on defoe first i i really feel like he was the best villain out of all of them yeah hands down dude william defoe is just one of the best actors working and you know his portrayal of green goblin and um, norman osborne's been perfect just how he does the split personalities and how much he physically changes like you know when he goes from green goblin to norman like his his facial you know like the 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 stuff that he does and he's just got that menacing look on his face you know so he really does portray that and it was just really cool to see him back man like you know and like he, he he he's like 
the main kind of villain in this, right? Like, well, there. And, and I get like, the makeup. I get. I get everything else. This man ages wonderfully. You got to understand, Spider Man came out in what 2001 2002 2002 the original one yeah yeah so that's been what almost 20 years and he looks exactly the same yeah so. and and um i wonder if they use any of the de-aging or anything on any of them but um like so he's you know they're they're all the big the big thing here is you know they all come through they catch them and then strange is like all right let Scooby-Doo this shit and let's send them back to their things. And then, you know, they actually reveal that like, hey, like, you know, Doc Ock's like, hey, Norman died a few years ago fighting Spider-Man. And then Doc Ock died too. Electro, you know, kind of became one with the grid or something. So all of them, if if they just, you know, like if, if they go so off. Of, Electro died too, right? Yeah. He like, lost his physical body and stuff. So like if they go with what Dr. Strange is saying, like, hey, press this button, they go back to their own universes and face the fate, like, you know, dying on like by the hands of Spider-Man. They're like, you know, that's that's the fate that they have. Like, you know, that's that's their kind of journey. And, you know, Tom Holland's Peter Parker and Aunt May really kind of nudges him into this is like, help these guys. Like, you know, don't just send them back to die. And at one point he says, like, it's not my responsibility. She's like, it's not your responsibility. Like, you know, you're supposed to help people. So that's I, really the, what did it. you think I, about she, that? She's his, um, she's his Ben, you know, she's yeah. his Ben Parker. Um, these guys, they've gotten a second chance now. Let's cure them and send them back. Cause that's like, the I, main really like thing of the- I like that. Cause this is kind of, this is, that's who Tom Holland's character is like, um, and, you know, they kind of use that in a neat way where Strange is just like, no, dude, like, let them go back and let them die, essentially. That's fucked up, but that's kind of like Strange's whole ideology on it. Strange just doesn't want Wong to find out that they fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, he goes, damn it. <laughs> so I think where Peter Parker's character, they've kind of developed him so much in the last few films, too. And that's why Marvel does such a good job, where that is not his character he, he kind of just no he goes you know we can fix this we can help these people and it ultimately costs him the person he loves one of the people he loves the most it costs him everybody but it costs him you know his aunt may because defoe fucking this is why like i hated defoe's character the most was because he made me he's a good actor he he essentially is the reason that um why may dies you know but she doesn't regret it and she kind of tells peter that you know like do the right thing and he almost goes berserk at the end or he almost tries to kill um norman yeah because he says he wants vengeance and you know the the fact that you hated you know uh, defoe or you know you hated green goblin in here is a testament to how good of an actor he is and um the death scene with may what did you think about that? Like, I did. I honestly, like, you know, from the trailers we saw that somebody might be dying. I honestly thought it was gonna be happy. I didn't think it would be May. I saw it what coming you, when the glider when the glider happened and he hit. Her. I was like, all right, there she goes. I yeah, kind of figured it. Like, she's not gonna just shake that off. Yeah, but you know, um, it was necessary. It moved his character arc along. And we we finally get it in this movie where you know we haven't gotten it the whole with great power comes great responsibility that she she changes it up a little bit she says with great power also comes great responsibility yeah and um you know so he's just broken at this point he's 
he was already an orphan and now he lost like his mother figure and he blames himself because, you know, like if he would have just sent these guys back, like maybe, you know, this wouldn't happen. But then ultimately, you know, like you said, she doesn't regret it because she believes that helping people and, you know, you see her like foundation throughout where she's helping like homeless people and stuff like, so she's like, no, like, you know, being a good person and saving people, this kind of comes with it. And, you know, like she didn't regret it. The death scene was sad. Like, you know, especially like when the guards or the SWAT or whoever they are, are coming up on him and he's yelling for help. And instead of helping him, they start shooting at him and happy's like, Peter run. And, um, you and know, happy like, he just got like the worst end of the deal in the whole film, right? Yeah. Like from the get go, I think happy's the one where Matt Murdock tells him you need to get a good letter. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I think the Stark system's offline. Cause yeah, so my, my, my thought with that, was you know because peter entrusts uh mj and ned with the box that strange has and um says like hey if you don't hear from me like you know or i'll I'll touch base with you if things go sideways press this and you know you guys will send them back and my thought sitting there was like you know because mj and ned were watching them on tv on the news it's like why didn't they press it like I, I think their thing was she wanted to hear from him before she pressed it. And I think um, she wanted to know what was going on before because that was his biggest thing, I think, was she she didn't feel right pressing it. I think she wanted the confirmation from him. So that's why they do the sling ring and they want to bring him in. So see what where he's at and what, what he's yep. doing. And then that's when we get the, you know, the OGs popping up. And then the OGs are really in like the, the third act of the movie, you know. Yeah. And, um, and that's when they're like, Hey, like, is there anywhere that he would go where he would just kind of want to be alone? And they kind of list off their things. And then that's when we get the first, you know, the rooftop at the high school scene of a broken Peter Parker. And I just, uh, I just love all three of them when they do get together, their low interactions and how they quip. And he goes, you know, are you going to show up to the fight dressed as a youth pastor yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that? And I really know. thought Andrew Garfield did. Oh, yeah. Outstanding, dude. He goes, I love you guys. You guys, uh, you guys are my brothers. <laughs> yeah, man. It was, he does such a good thing. Like, it's such a good job. And then also, like okay you know like let's we'll, we'll, we'll suspend our beliefs and stuff that they whipped up all the cures and stuff at a high school you know lab but okay well the, the, i don't think it was a high school lab i think that was actually um tony stark's um basement or not basement that was one of the, the he uses the stark technology that he used to make the suit i think in the last you know, initially initially that's what they were using in happy's condo but then oh, I they think, did move it huh yeah, yeah they did move it you're right and then that yeah. thing broke and so the 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 final cures that they whip up was actually in the lab of like the high school oh, and, oh yeah and and andrew garfield says that like he's cured the lizard before so like you know did, when did he i i guess i i never saw i i honestly don't remember and um so with you know talk, going going to some of the villains some of them are okay with being cured well none of them really because doc ock is very hesitant and then he gets fixed and he's he's back you know and he, he's normal again and electro kind of doesn't want it but he's like reluctantly agreeing to it until you know uh norman gives a speech of like you know gods don't have to choose like you know like we're not we're not these accidents like we have these great abilities and electro's like fuck that you know and but 
like the lizard, he voluntarily did that to himself. Like, so what's telling me, like, like what makes us think that he's not just going to turn back into a lizard and sometime in the future. But yeah, I think Sandman was the only one that was like, Hey dude, I don't care about all this. I just want to get back to my daughter. Yeah. Like that was his main thing, but it was cool that he finally, um, um, he didn't, that, that, that was what I was confused about. Cause I was like, wait, so it's perfect how they all set it up. Um, I was like, lizard's not dead when they're bringing back dead people, I think in the trailer, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like the thing. And I was like, wait, li- I think we talked about this in the, in the last uh, teaser tr- or the last trailer breakdown. So that was kind of neat too, where we're like, wait, why is, you know, he, he didn't, we thought it was just dead villains for some reason, but no, it was just everybody that knew Peter Parker. And so now when he gets to go back, he's not going to have to worry about being the lizard. And I mean, not the lizard, the Sandman anymore. He's going to go back in his actual uh, physical form. So it, it was cool. They, they fixed all of them. And um, like you said earlier, we're probably not going to see another Toby film. I think they will. I, I totally see them making another Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie. Yeah, um, like it, let's say that Andrew Garfield Spider-Man takes place in the same universe as Venom. Yeah, like you could have their crossover. But yeah, and he goes, dude, you that was see. It goes back to their banter. He goes, you guys fought aliens. He goes, that's so cool. You he goes, you fought aliens in space. Like they're talking about Thanos. Yeah, and, stuff. and he's like, he's like, oh, I'm lame or something like that. Like, hey, you're not lame. <laughs> you're amazing. And then we finally got that scene we see in the comics. Um, everybody's been using the meme of all three Spider-Mans, like, pointing at each other. They, we got that in real life. This was such a neat um, – and then they kind of have a Miles Morales um, reference. Uh, reference where um, – Jamie Foxx's character goes, you're from Queens, you help poor people. I really thought you were black. <laughs> so that was a great moment when I saw it, but then I was kind of thinking about it. So did he not know Peter's identity? I don't. Yeah, I guess not. I guess he never knew an Amazing Spider-Man. I don't think he did. Yeah, so like, it's like, why is he... That's why, because he says you're just a kid. So yeah. I, I don't think he never really got to see who he really was. He just thought he was Spider-Man. Yeah, thinking back to the second movie, as much as I not want to think back to it, um, yeah, I, I think when they do the fight and everything, it was just so convoluted and so much stuff going on, because you had Norman, you had Harry Osborn doing his little... Um, he did the Green Goblin turn, and you, it was just a lot that they packed in there. They had... Um, the mo- they had the rhino at the end of that film. It was just a lot going on, and then I think he even references the rhino in here. He goes, "They got fought a Russian guy in a yeah. rhino suit." But it, it was very convoluted. So I think now that they've kind of ironed all that out, they they could make another amazing Spider-Man film, and I think it would be good. Um, but yeah, he never he never knew. So that's why when he goes, "You're just, you know," that's why he says, "You're just a kid," and then he goes, "I thought you were black." That's that's <laughs> one of my knocks, kind of against this film, because you know. Like it, it's just it's just the whole kind of the explanation of things. It's kind of convenient, but it's also you know we got to suspend our di- like belief and stuff. But then it's moments like that, like hey, Electro didn't know his identity, and like you know it also kind of goes to at a lesser extent. But the Eddie Brock thing too, like he doesn't know who Peter Parker is, so why is he there? And yeah, um, that's true. And um, you know so. But I think with, with the with the big moments, like, you know, the iconic moment of them getting back together and all three of them. So, you know, we. I think um, 
I don't, I don't, I don't think it was necessarily. So he messed the spell up. I think it wasn't anybody that knew Peter Parker. It was anybody that knew Spider Man. But you're right. It, it does get wishy washy because then why are Andrew and Toby there? But I guess any movie has its plot holes. It, yeah. Yeah. But what did what did we what did we what did you think about the Doctor Strange fight scene in the Mirror Dimension? I thought that was so neat. So uh, I really originally thought Doctor Strange was going to be one of the bad guys for some reason. When I saw the trailers and I saw them fighting, I was like, why is he fighting Doctor Strange, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, and that was a neat way for them to keep Strange out of it. Because if Strange was in, in the film, he could have just ended this, like, very quickly. You know, he's the Sorcerer's, well, he's no longer the Sorcerer's Spirit, uh, Supreme, but. Why is he still wearing the Eye of Agamotto if he doesn't have the Time Stone? Yeah, I didn't get that either. Um, can he still use the Eye of Agamotto? And the Time Stone. Like, he doesn't have it anymore because Thanos, because mm-hmm. he gave it to Thanos in Infinity War, and then Thanos used it and then destroyed the stones. But then when they went back in time and got the Time Stone from the, from the, the Ancient original, One, yeah, and then they Cap at the end goes back to give it back. Again, I need a movie on that. I need a movie yeah. or like a series of captives going back and returning all the stones. and Because it, it would be so funny when he goes to return it to um, um, the Red Skull. Like, oh, hey, I know you. You're here because of me. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 you know, the whole time travel stuff with MCU is always kind of confusing. So, okay, so he doesn't have that anymore, but still wears around the eye of Agamotto. And yeah, like you said, and you know, when he says like, I've been hanging over the Grand Canyon for 12 hours. Like I, I thought that was a, kind of like a callback to remember what, which was it Ragnarok where Loki's like, I've been falling for 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's the same thing. The mirror dimension. Um, so Marvel and it's callbacks, man. They're very good at it. Um, but I think that was their, that was their way of kind of, they kind of they needed Doctor Strange not to be in it because, like I said, Doctor Strange could have just like he would have probably like just KO'd every villain very quickly. You know, they're not powerful enough to match him. I think none of them are, and he would have probably just hit the box. He probably would have just sent him back. Yeah, he was trying to hit the box like all along. <laughs> and I thought that was cool, like how Peter Parker's the only one that's been able to. Um, control being phased out of his body yeah did you notice that like yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like, you shouldn't be able to do this yeah i think maybe it's like he's he's a pure i don't, I don't know maybe he's like too pure for that shit i don't know like his soul because isn't that what essentially that is your soul like floats out when he does that yeah, like your astro or your spiritual or something yeah. like that. But maybe it has to do something with the Spider-Man reflexes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that too. But um, I think we got all the characters broken. Yeah, we hit up all the villains. I thought that moment with Doc Ock on the bridge was dope. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's like, who the fuck are you, <laughs> essentially? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And then the nanotech that takes over his arms and then Peter disarms him. Yeah, that that that, I, that quick. I think he even said when he pulls out his uh, when he pulls out his uh, the robot the the nanotech arms. I think Doc Ock has a quip too, where he goes, "Oh, 
like we got competition because he has the forearms. Yeah, then, the, the Iron Spider versus Doc Ock was dope. Yeah. And so there's going to be no more nanotech suits, no more Stark technology. It's just going to be – it's cool. It's just going to be Spider-Man doing his thing, you know? Which, which yeah, like I, I, I'm for that. And, you know, he probably – he probably took inspiration from Toby and Andrew, like their suits, because they're just regular, you know, and he probably took inspiration from that, too, as well. And, you know, we get the most accurate comic kind of suit. So where, where we leave off with him. So his memory, everybody's lost, you know, the memories of him. Again, this movie is a lot to do with identity, uh, his his identity. And uh, the first two movies have actually been setting this up. And now Aunt May's dead. Uh, nobody knows who he is. So he moves into this crummy apartment in like in, you know, in some part of New York and you see a GED book. So he's not in school anymore. So he's just trying to get his GED and fight crime. So he might get a part-time job delivering pizzas. Possibly. You know what I really want? Um, I really want the one character why I do want him in the MCU. I want to see like Spider-Man X Deadpool. Like those interactions, like two of the creepiest characters. I think we'll see it one day. That would be cool. One day, right? dude. At Ryan, this, Ryan yeah, Reynolds at, and Tom Holland. At this point, kind of like, like KG said, anything's possible. Like, yeah, it's it's just hard to imagine. Like all the stuff that we're getting now, man. We're really living in the golden age of comic book comic movies, books. man. Oh yeah, we're nerding out on this one, guys. So this has definitely been our. Um, movie and entertainment one we want to do a couple more netflix shows i think um for the next cast um we're gonna get harry's thoughts on here harry um had some pre-arranged um duties to take care of harrison's being a good son so he had to take his mom somewhere but we're gonna attack harry on at the end of this one yeah just because he's homeboy's been excited for this and yeah. he finally has some notes written down so yeah. and then it show up and do his usually it was good <laughs> <laughs> um i think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the post credit scenes uh oh. one of them you touched on them already with eddie going back and leaving a little bit of the symbiote and the other one actually for the first time ever is a trailer like a rough I, I cut trailer. no idea what the fuck was going on in that one um it seems like it's gonna. It's the trailer for um, Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness, and one of the things was, you know, everybody thought it was gonna be him versus Wanda, but it looks like he's actually reaching out to Wanda because he knows she's been tampering with like different multiverses, and she's been trying to get her kids back and trying to figure out what's going on. So she has the Book of the Dark Arts or whatever at the end of the um, Wanda um, series. So there goes Marvel again, like weaving everything. Perfectly. It seems like um, also another callback to the TV shows. I mean, to the Disney Plus show with um, the Watcher and everything. What was it called? What if? What if? Yeah. Yeah. In there, you see like a dark version of Strange, where he tries to keep fucking with time, and he tries to bring his um, his his um, in in that reality. I think his his girlfriend dies or fiance dies, and he keeps trying to bring her back and you see like this dark god that was one of the best what if mm -hmm. i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't too hyped on that whole the show as a whole i just felt rushed but yeah. that doctor strange episode was really good so i i think this is kind of where they're headed into where like he, you, you see him kind of embody that version of strange where he's the bad guy you see they're all trying to come at him mortal i think comes at him like hey dude you shouldn't have fucked with time like um you you know what you did but he didn't do that he, he did it for 
he did it for Peter, but they uh, they don't understand that. So something's happened with him doing it. It's messed up them. Because when when the title for Multiverse of Madness came out, we're like, okay, um, because of what Wanda does, that's what causes the Multiverse of Madness. And, oh, because of what Loki does, that's what is the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, with what happens in Spider-Man No Way Home, that's what's caused the Multiverse of Madness. So we kind of don't know, really. and we have no clue. That's how, like, um, we thought we had it figured out with the Loki show. I thought it was going to be because of um, the variants and Kang and what Kang explains the end of time and stuff like that. But no, it, they've kind of released a look at Kang too, I believe, um, in one of the tweet shots. So there's a lot to come from the MCU. Me and Gogan are going to watch Hawkeye, Harry <sighs> This is gonna be hard. We, we we watched one episode when I was in town. I know I tapped out, and you tapped out. You 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 did the classic old man move of you were snoring, yeah. and the show ended. And I was like, "Yo, you fell asleep." I wasn't asleep. I was awake. This was a beautiful show. What was this about again? I don't. I, I, I went back and watched that first episode again. I still wasn't interested. But I heard. Yeah, it gets but good. apparently you said it gets it gets good. Good. Yeah, I haven't seen again. I've only seen the first episode. So, if some of if some of the listeners are wondering like why we haven't been doing breakdown shows of that, we honestly just haven't seen it. And I've been seeing a lot on Twitter now. Some people are saying that like, "Hey, Hawkeye is their favorite show." of the disney plus show so i think you know we got to do our due diligence and watch the it thing, the one thing I, if we're gonna do like just a quick yeah we're, we're running kind of long but that's all right it's okay go, go you guys go. don't have to listen to us in succession you know break us down it's gonna be a we get more listens that way i think too so go ahead so um what i've kind of picked up in the first one he doesn't like the musical i think his thing is he he doesn't like how much he's been downplayed Kind of, but it, it kind of bugs him. But at the same time, he's the kind of character that he doesn't do it for the glory or the fame. He doesn't want to be known, you know. So I think that's probably what's going to play into the show more. I saw that they, um, I think Will, they're going to have, uh, speaking of Daredevil, they're going to have uh, Fisk's character. I saw something about that. Yeah. Where they yeah, that, that, show, that came uh, out on Twitter. The Kingpin. Yeah. So, yeah, so you know, we'll, 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 we'll watch it. We'll break that down. Yeah. yeah, not not. We'll probably do like a whole season of it in one episode um, instead yeah. of the. But what what we are thinking, you know, I'm just going to be coming up here shortly. The book of Boba Fett's releasing soon, and um, oh, yes. you know, we are considering making just little mini pods uh, regarding that on a weekly basis. And I think that one, yeah, we'll definitely do weekly because that's. I'm into that one. I feel that shit. So, you know, definitely more to come. Jess, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't give our rating for this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, Let me make something up. Out of all... Okay, so from Sam Raimi to Tom... I I give this uh, Spider-Man 1. I I give this Tom... Out of all the ratings, if we're going to do it on the tiers based off of all the trilogies, this is definitely a 2002 Sam Raimi's original Spider-Man. Wonderful. Uh, I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10. Like a normal person. Yeah. You should. 9.5 out of 10. Um, Beautiful movie. Everything was done very well. The only reason I give it a 9.5 is just some of the questions that I brought up in this podcast, which I felt were either kind of confusing or not explained well or some things that seemed a little plot holy. But, um, you know, I think that's fucking solid and it's pretty accurate to what the ratings it has on flickster so for me it's a 9.5 out of 10 can you give us a normal 
number, please? Uh, yes, fine. I will give this a 9. Uh, I'm going I'm to go with you. Yeah, 9.5 out of 10. I think we're on the same wavelength. Hell, I, I, you know what? You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to even do it one better. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. There we go. I can't wait to see what Harry rates it. We're going to talk Harry on at the end. Um, thank you guys for listening. You guys are amazing, wonderful. We love you. Share, subscribe, you know, all that good stuff. Yep. If you want to give us a Christmas gift, leave us a rate and a review. And, and a good one. Uh, not been knocked down a peg. I, I know we were five stars. I, no, no, no. We're still, still at five stars. All right. Cool. That's perfect. I love that. And yeah, Miles Bar, uh, Pod on Twitter. Follow Instagram, us there. Instagram, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Instagram too. That's 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 a newer one. Um, TikTok as well. Miles Apart Productions, I believe, were listed under there, where we just kind of post clips of the show. Yeah, on Instagram, on it's Miles underscore pot, uh, Apart underscore Podcast. Um, Twitter, I think it's just Miles Apart Podcast. So yeah, follow us. We're on Spotify, Apple Music, um, the Play Store, Breaker, wherever podcasts are found. Yeah, pretty much anywhere. Yeah, and this. We may upload one more episode this year, but this might there's a chance this might be the last episode of the year. You know, holidays are coming up, so you know we're gonna we, we might get a little busy, but you know, we'll if if we don't upload another end of the of this year, we'll definitely be back January. Um you know, like Jess said, thank you so much for listening. Everybody stay safe, have good holidays, happy holidays to all of you, and uh, you know, stay tuned to hear Harry's thoughts on Spider Man No Way Home. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah, a lot better. Okay. But does sound clear? You do? And I don't hear any echoes or anything, so that's good. All right, perfect. Okay, you good? Yeah, I'm good, man. Okay. Let's attack this thing. All right, Harry. Just like uh, in the MCU, they do post-credit scenes. This is our little post-credit scene to this podcast. You know, you were off being a good son this morning, and you had to take your mom somewhere. So we couldn't get you on then, but, you know, we know you've been definitely really excited about this movie, and um, you definitely had a lot of thoughts about it too. So we definitely wanted to make sure you're on here and you're a part of this. So what did you think? You know, I thought I thought it was a great movie. It's not good, it's great. There you go. Something different, you know. <clears throat> but it was it was just you know amazing just seeing everybody, you know, come in there. All the villains from I mean we've been watching Spider Man movies since what early two thousands. Yeah, two thousand. So, you know, all the yeah, two thousand one, and you know, with all these new, new, obviously new Spider Mans, new multiverses, it was just that was like the biggest highlight seeing all three Spider Mans together, and then obviously you know a movie isn't great without villains, so seeing Doc Ock, Green Goblin, you know Daredevil, Daredevil only had like a little role in there. But... His cameo was nice. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's a hero, but yeah, but the other yeah, the, the, the other villains, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was, you know, that was like okay. the biggest thing seeing everybody together. What day did you go watch it? I went on Saturday. Nice. Ah. So that's like just like a day, like movies.
typically open Thursdays. I remember back in the day, they used to open like Wednesday night. They would have like a midnight preview. I went, oh, to, yeah. I went to a few of those. And then, so Saturday, was it was it packed? What 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 time did you go to? The, what showing was it? I went to the 6.30 showing, man. Packed, yeah. Prime I booked time, online. <clears throat> yeah, I booked online and it was so hard to find seating. Usually when I go with my girl, we, you know, like everybody, we like, like the center seats, you know. But we got like lucky to get like, the fifth seat above um on the side too yeah i think yeah. jess said he went with his family and he, he was like far off to the left like my wife got us because we went on monday so like we got him kind of early we had dead center it, it, it was perfect but nice so packed house like when was the last time in the COVID era you know like or just recently where it was hard to get a movie ticket or hard to get good seats like it's been a while right Oh, it's been, yeah, I think ever since the COVID's been going on, like, one, you know, theaters were closed. And, I mean, when they did open up, I mean, a lot of stuff had just started coming on TV, like HBO Max, so, like, present movies. So a lot of people just stopped going to the theaters. But this one, it was just different. It's an experience. It's a... It's like um like an experience, like you have to go. And yeah, this is oh, yeah. available on Disney Plus. Me and Jess went over all the box office numbers and stuff, so we won't uh-huh. get too into that. But right. you know, it's an event movie is is um what what people call it. And um Very so give me like some of your highlights, the things that you like the most. You mentioned the seeing the three of them again. And you recently rewatched like how long ago was it when you rewatched all of the Spider Man movies? Um, I think before I found out that they were going to make this one, maybe like a few weeks before that. So this, tra- this the trailer's been, been out for like a few months, right? It's been in development for like two years, Harry. <laughs> but... No, no, no. no but oh, I'm the trailer. Out, Since you saw the trailer? The trailer, trailer started coming out like a few, few weeks before that. Like I had been watching it. I think I watched all of them over like a period of like, I don't know, three to four weeks. Which is awesome, man. So how did the old, because I haven't seen the old Spider-Man, like the Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire ones in a long time. How do they hold up? Do they seem kind of corny and cheesy now, or is it still, like, good? Uh, it's it's still good. Okay. It doesn't so, it doesn't seem corny. I mean, obviously, you know, CGI is upgraded and a lot of technology is upgraded, but other than that, I mean, it's still, you know, the original. Okay, so you knew that those that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were going to be showing up, right? Yes, kind of had a hint. I mean, come on, like, if they're going to bring all those villains from other multiverses, I don't think Tom Holland, like, no offense against Tom Holland, but he needed some help, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, um, okay, so seeing those three, would you would say is the best part, like, what kind of, what are some of the banter or the moments or like, you know, like not necessarily the banter, like just what are some of the highlights of the three of them together? What are some of your favorite moments of them three together? Well, first when, um, what's that guy's name? Um, Ned? MJ's, MJ's friend? Yeah, Ned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when he opens up the portal, he's trying to look for Peter. And first he finds Andrew Garfield. And, you know, I mean, they're not used to him. So he was like, I'm Peter Parker, and they're like, no, you're not. <laughs> and then, so, he obviously has to prove to MJ that, you know, he's a Spider-Man. So, and the funny part was, the, his mom was like, oh, I haven't cleaned the web. 
So he like climbs up on the roof and you know cleans the wet for her. Yeah. And then, and then when Toby McGuire comes in, he just like dressed normal clothes. He's like, I don't just walk around dressed up as Spider Man, like because they're all shocked. Like you're not Peter Parker, you're not Spider Man. You're just some guy, I think they said. Yeah. Oh, it's just some guy. <laughs> he was like, but you know when they had their little when um, Andrew Garfield and Toby McGuire had their little moment, you know. They were practically doing the same moves. Mm-hmm. The funny part was when um, Toby Maguire shoots the web and like comes out of his hand, and they were like, "Wait, did you just shoot that out of your hand?" Because <laughs> Andrew Garfield obviously he said he's made his in the lab, and you know Tom Holland has like a I don't know he has something that shoots the web out. Him, Tom Holland, and Andrew Garfield are similar. They got to make their own web shooters, and then. So, you know, just seeing how fascinated they are. They're like, wait, that just comes out of you? Like, how does that like, like, it only comes from your wrist, right? Nowhere else? <laughs> it's like, yeah, guys, just the wrist. So your body produces this? And then, like, the scene on the roof when, you know, they first meet oh. Tom Holland. Like, what did you think about that scene? Oh, when they go meet him over there? Yeah, yeah you was, know, when he's on, like, he's yeah, just kind he of was... broken on the on the high school roof. Yeah, I think MJ takes... Uh, Garfield and McGuire over to him, right? Because that's where he was all depressed and stuff because he felt like he ruined everything or something like that. And his aunt just died, yeah. Huh? And that was right after Aunt May died, Harry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Aunt May died. So he's, yeah. That was, that was a sad scene. But it was. Going back to going back to them, you know, he... Tom Holland just wanted to finish everything because of what had happened, the tragedy with Aunt May. And they were like, MJ had to tell him, like, no, they're here to help, you know. So that was, like, the first part of seeing all three of them together. But, like, my personal favorite part was when um, they were getting ready to go fight, you know, Electric Man and all the other... Electro. Yeah, Electro. Mm -hmm. And Green Goblin or whatever. They're getting ready to go fight him, and they all come on the roof for the Liberty... In their stances, yeah, dude, that, was, was, a, like, that was a beautiful scene with yeah. the with the moon in the back and then swinging mm-hmm. on the Statue of Liberty and then boom, like just landing it, like that picture. I wish they would posterize it. I would definitely hang that up. There you go. Do you have any posters in your room right now? Not really. All right, but, but yeah, I I definitely think they should because I remember when I saw that too. I was like, oh my god, like that's so yeah. Beautiful. That scene was just amazing. And yeah, you know, like your brain is just kind of breaking because you're still trying to like think of like, oh my God, like it's Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland, like what is happening? But exactly, it was this movie was just amazing, man. Yeah. And um, what did you you kind of touched on the villains? Um, mm-hmm. You know, we went when we talked earlier, we kind of went <clears throat> character by character, but like. Um, which villains were you happy to see? And then they're all pretty fresh in your mind since you all since you recently just saw all of these again. Mm-hmm. Um, Green Goblin, uh, was, that's like my favorite one. When Doc Ock came, and you know when he was Tom Holland was just trying to do what Aunt May told him, like because I think Doctor Strange wanted to send them back just to die. So yeah, Tom Holland Strange you know, wanted like. Yeah, get them the fuck out of here. Get them out, yeah. So, but you know, Tom Holland wanted to help, so he 
I like I like Doc Ock. He, you know, actually changed. I kind of had like a feeling in the back of my head that Green Goblin was, you know, he was gonna turn around. You know, yeah, gonna turn around. With with the with the split personality, yeah, you know, you it's only like a certain amount of time you're gonna get Norman and Green Goblin's gonna come show his, you know, maniacal face in there and um. William Defoe, though, man, like we fucking spent like ten minutes on him, but like, goddamn, dude, like, what a performance, like, what an actor, exactly. And yeah, I was watching um some YouTube videos um, about the villains. It's just like question and answers, you know, from the fans, and I guess they're asking him about. They're asking Andy Molina too, like, why he decided to do it, and he was like, "Oh, I just did it for the money." <laughs> you know, he's just straight up about it. <laughs> And then Willem Dafoe, he was um, obviously, you know, he liked the script. He wanted to come back I mean, for what he had been doing. And he was talking about the costume and how it's been like. They were, you know, they were asking about the costume. And he was like, oh, you guys just don't know how uncomfortable it was. And especially back in the days, because I don't remember exactly how he was saying how they would, like, try to get him ready or to get the costume ready for him. But... They would like put, I don't know, patches of some of the obviously the suit, like on his shoulders and some other parts of the body to Is get the... Yeah. So this one, he said they would like scan him and get the suit ready, and they would try it on. It was like a lot more lightweight and a lot more comfortable. Yeah, man. We didn't have three D printing like we do like now, <laughs> twenty years ago. So yeah, even Andy Molina, he was um Alfred. His... What was that? Alfred Molina. Oh, yeah. I keep saying Andy Molina. <laughs> Alfred Molina. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, he was saying how his tentacles back in the days were mechanical. And now it's like all CGI. How did that look in Spider-Man 2? Cause, again, I haven't seen that in maybe 10 years. Like, how did I mean, his... obviously to, to us, I mean, when I seen it, I mean, you can't really tell. I mean, looking at the the recent movie, you know, from the latest one, I mean, you can't really tell. I mean, that's how good yeah, they did the, it. They're, the, yeah, they're all CGI now. Mechanical ones in Spider-Man Two looked to the ones in this one. Since you recently saw the movie, like I honestly think Spider-Man... they looked similar. Like it's okay. really hard to like unless they would say that it was mechanical. Like they had to like actually you know maneuver it mechanically or whatever. You wouldn't. You yeah, couldn't really tell. I mean, no. Yeah, uh, and then uh, so, uh so you saw Amazing Spider-Man one and two, right? Yeah. Okay. So I never watched Amazing Spider-Man two. Um, how does Electro kind of die in there? Um, he dies. At, he ends up like in the water. He loses like because he mentions in this one like he lost his body because he. Gets absorbed by something or something like that. Yeah, he. Was, I remember the, he was having a fight scene with Andrew Garfield in the end. There, um, there's um, cars and everything around him. Obviously, you know he generates electricity, and that's how he gets powerful. But I can't remember if there was like puddles of water and he fell in there. Honestly. I can't really remember. Yeah, so okay. I want to just like, you know, throw what, some stuff. Yeah. What did you, what did you, what did you think about uh, Electro? Like, you know, because he has a new look now. 
Like Yeah, yeah. He wasn't he wasn't blue. And Jamie Foxx was also in that, you know. He was like that was the thing that he didn't have to be blue in this in this movie. He looks much cooler, right? Yeah, he does. And his performance was good too. He's just cool. He just like he has like remarks and stuff. And the lizard, was he in Amazing Spider Man one? I think, right? Because I, I, I think he I, was. Yeah. And, you know, he has the least kind of amount of time. And uh, Sandman, you know. Sandman also. Yeah. Sandman was just, he said he was just looking for his daughter. Because I remember that was the thing in my head, too. Like, why is he here? Like, he had nothing against Spider-Man. I mean, I know Spider-Man was looking for him because um, he... Was it that one that he felt that he killed his dad, right? Or yeah, Spider-Man Uncle Ben. Three. Yeah, I, I honestly have barely any recollection of it. Like, came out so long ago. I think like mm-hmm. two thousand seven or two thousand. Yeah, man. Like, like a bunch of bunch of the fans in the theater, you know, people, the audience that were watching it, kind of like added into the movie because obviously everyone's seen, you know, all the Spider-Man, so. When Toby Maguire came on, they were just yelling. I remember some somebody was like, "I was seven when you first made your movie. When I first seen it, so they said the whole thing. They said all of that. Yeah. God damn. Did people clap? Oh yeah, claps were. People were getting a little emotional when um, Andrew Garfield was like, "I love you guys. You guys are my brothers." Andrew Garfield was so good, right? Yeah. I I just loved his performance in there, man. Like. You know, everybody's pumped to see Toby. I'm pumped to see Toby. I never thought I would see him again. But just seeing I, Andrew and, like, the emotion that he brought to it was just it was awesome, man. Yeah, man. It was. What it was did you think? This actually we didn't touch on, I think. I, not that I remember. But in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Gwen Stacy dies because Andrew Garfield's trying to save her and then does the web and snaps her neck. And then in this one, you know, Zendaya or MJ's falling. And then Tom Holland goes and then boom, Green Goblin knocks him out. And we actually see Andrew Garfield go down and save her. And, you know, he's just just kind of a wreck at the end of that. Like, he's just just crying. Yeah, he's just having flashbacks. I mean, she doesn't know what's going on, but, you know, it was, yeah, that was, I'm sure it was like he wishes he could have done that to save yeah, cause you know, just think about it, dude. Like, who you you know he's been thinking about that moment and just thinking like, what could I have done differently? How could I have yeah. done it where she would have been okay? And it was kind of like I guess a proud moment and an emotional moment for him, you know, because it wasn't like he couldn't save the person that he loved, but at least he was able to save MJ. Yeah, there's somewhat redemption. Yeah, and um. Aunt May dying, we you know you you touched on it a little bit. You said it was an emotional scene, and uh, yeah, that was that was sad, man. That's like that's that's what makes a villain. Like when you actually hate the person from the movie, like that moment, I hated him so much. But that's his character. He did such a great job. That's yeah. Did you think that Toby McGuire they were gonna kill him? Dude, I did not. I did not. I did not think that, and that's another part where i really hated green goblin mm-hmm. but then again you know it's a movie i thought he was gonna i was like oh fuck they're gonna kill him and i was just so happy that they he didn't die yeah i was happy about that but 
Oh yeah, he, there, he was like, "Oh, I've been stabbed a few times." Yeah. He like just brushed it off like it's nothing. And um, you know, uh, I think me and Jess talked about it a little bit, like about maybe Sony making, you know, continuing their stories. I don't think that they would make a Spider-Man four with Andrew Garfield. You know, because I mean, not Andrew Garfield, but Tobey Maguire. Because I think like he seemed happy. He said he's married. But Andrew Garfield, like, would you like, would you, would you want to see an Amazing Spider-Man three, possibly? Yeah, I think I think it'll be cool to see him come back, get some redemption, right? Because yeah, yeah. And um, what did you think about like the fight scene with Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange's involvement and everything, and like you know the the big thing being, you know, the big story point being like, Hey, I want to get my identity like removed from everybody or like, I want everybody to forget. Well, yeah, that's where, I mean, all that's, that's where I guess the story gets built up from is when, you know, they were supposed to go and get into college, but they can't obviously because, you know, Ned and MJ, they're like really close friends with Peter Parker, Spider-Man. So, you know, and he doesn't want his friends to, like, suffer because of him, of his identity, you know. So, first, Tom Holland wants everybody to forget him. He doesn't want anybody to know who Peter Parker, who Spider-Man is. And then he was like, okay, I want my loved ones to know. So, you know, he kept, kept like, with messing with the spell. With so, you know, that's where all the multiverses opened and they got to come back. So, so everybody know, ended up getting to know who Peter Parker was. So that's why everybody came back. So the thing you just said about, you know, his friends and loved ones kind of being affected with, you know, them knowing him and being associated with him. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to the end scene of the coffee shop. We, yeah. we we talked a little offline about that. So I know you had some thoughts about this. So go ahead. I want to hear about that. Yeah, I just wish they would have done or you know made it a little longer or done something to where he can do something to have his friends because i mean they just show him going into a coffee shop gets a gets his coffee obviously mj helped him he sees ned sitting there you know actually ned walks behind him as he's opening the door you know so they made it seem like mj was saying waving that spider-man but she was actually waving at ned um i mean they did a good job you know but I just wish they would have done something to where he could have kind of like helped her get their memory back. So you wanted them to? Uh, did you think that like ah God? I I when when like Ned walked in and she like smiled at him and stuff. I was like oh my God, please tell me they're not dating. And yeah. thank God they weren't. But so your thing was that you wish he would have been like, hey guys, you remember me? And then at the end of the movie, you know, his two friends know, or his girlfriend and his best friend know who his identity is yeah i mean i guess he kind of did give mj a little bit of a hit he was trying to um... but you 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 kind of said it yourself like where you know they're they're seeing the repercussions of what it is to be associated with peter parker and spider-man so he sees his friends and they seem happy and they had gotten an acceptance letter also right so he he sees that they kind of have normal lives now 
you know, mm-hmm. like it's not on them. It's not their fault that they don't remember him, but he sees that they're just like living regular lives. They seem safe. I think he notices that like when he sees the bandage on MJ's head and it's just like, mm-hmm. dude, like because of me, these guys were hurt. And if I tell them again, something in the future is going to happen where it's going to put them in danger again. So I'm just going to let them live their lives. Like that's what happens in that moment. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense. And it's sad. It's tragic. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess I was just, you know, excited for them. Like at first, you know, he didn't, in the beginning, he didn't want anybody to know, obviously when, you know, they started fighting out, you know, they got closer and whatnot. So but they had a good bondage, you know, they made yeah. the movie. And it was, it was sad. Cause if you think about it, it really does have a sad ending because mm-hmm. nobody knows who he is. He yeah. is completely alone. Aunt May's dead. His friends don't know who he is. He goes to her funeral site, like burial site. He sees happy there. We've seen happy this relate. Yeah, we've seen this relationship between him and Happy like grow over these movies and he doesn't know who he is. None of the Avengers know who he is. He's yeah. really all alone. alone. So there really is no way home at that point, you know. Mm-hmm. What did you think about the really like uh, comic accurate, like the new Spidey suit that he has where it's just, you know, kind of like cloth? Wait, what? Remember at the end he has a new suit? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he just makes, like, a regular suit. It's not the, it's not, like, the Iron Spider or, like, the fancy-ass one. It's, you know, I was saying to Jess, like, he might have taken inspiration from, like, Tobey Maguire's and Andrew Garfield because, you know, they just wear a regular suit. Yeah. So... I mean, he got, he was, like, the only one that got to, like, actually be with the Avengers and stuff, you know, so kind of made sense why he had, like, a customized one from, you know, Tony Stark. Yeah, so this, like, right now wraps up his trilogy, you know, mm-hmm. and they're going to make more. I think he's going to be making an- another trilogy. Jeff said that it's going to be more so Sony-led now. And, you know, what I said to him was, like, you know, how we've, in, I- in Spider-Man 1, it's Iron Man is kind of showing him the ropes, and then in Nick Fury, and then now some part of it is Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And it's good that we're going to kind of see him on his own now because it's like we had Spider-Boy, now we're going to get Spider-Man, you know? Yeah. Now he's actually, you know, seen stuff. He can. He's practically alone, so he's going to have to figure his way out. Yeah. You have any closing thoughts? Um, as far as closing thoughts... You like the movie, right? I The movie was just amazing. I as I was mentioning earlier, you know, I think it was what two and a half hour long movie. Mm-hmm. But man, these two and a half hours, you just didn't feel it. I personally didn't feel it. Like, feel like if it was a little bit more longer, would have enjoyed it even more. Do you are are you the type of person that watches like the same movie in theaters multiple times? No. Okay. Would you consider watching this again, you think? I would. Okay, there you go. And um, I think we should hear a rating. Rating. Um, 9.5, 10. 
<laughs> you go again. No, no, I'm serious. No, this was for me personally was a ten out of ten. I just enjoyed everything out of this movie. Thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, it was sad. It was full of emotion. It was there was you know sad parts. There was happy parts. There's some things that take you back to your childhood memories. It was just a lot in this movie. Good job, Harry. Good fucking job, man. Like, and just gave it a 10 out of 10, too. So, you know. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I gave it a 9.5, but, you know, I, I had to. You could have done a 9.5, 10, dude. Yeah. I could have. I could have. Could have done a Good job breaking this down, man. You know, uh, I'm glad you were able to share your thoughts. I know you, you really wanted to do this, and I'm glad that, you know, we were able to knock this out. Good job. I'm proud of you. Um, you know, um, do you want to wish the people happy holidays and stuff? This might be our final podcast of the year. Oh, yes, everybody. Just be safe. Have happy holidays. Very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year's to everyone. Spend time with the families, your loved ones. Just and enjoy our podcast. Thank you. Good job, Harry. Guys, big things coming next year. And, um, you know, we, we really do appreciate all the support and all the well wishes and, you know, all the feedback positive and negative um jess's wife told us our sound quality was shit so we went and upgraded our sound <laughs> equipment so that's gonna get but, even better but you know you need somebody that can criticize you to actually get better it's like did she did she like yeah but um for listen on twitter miles bar podcast on anywhere podcasts are found thank you so much for listening this is Harry and Guggen signing off. Thank you for sticking around for this little post-credit scene version of the pod. Until next time.